2: you always, mm-hmm. make your wishes all come true, when you always are do forever, a yes. yes. Parenthood. yes, that's right. Yeah,
0: Even Phil's dancing in a bit. That's right. I'm on every
2: run. And may you stay forever, forever young.
0: Yeah. Oh, I so love this Thank intro. Welcome, everybody. Being is for doing, we are here doing Parenthood, season five, episode four. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. And joining me, I have the lovely... Tiana Hobson! Tiana Hobson, we're back. Danica Kenny can, cannot be with us tonight, but she will be back next week.
2: Yes, she will.
0: But I do gotta say, we're looking for teeth fabulous in our purple tops. Purple threads. For Spirit Day today. And uh, just a shout out against anti-bullying, because we are against that. So Hey, we're, don't be a bully. Don't be a bully. So, if you're listening on iTunes, I highly suggest you go to YouTube and check out us, our lovely purple shirts we're rocking today and everyone should be rocking uh purple today but let's just get into this episode yes a lot uh, we're doing season five episode four in dreams begins responsibility
2: still working that one out
0: yeah um, <laughs> i th- i think it'll eventually come
2: to us yeah. while we're
0: talking about this episode but let's just start with uh drew drew he's at college And he's kind of getting buddy-buddy with his bathroom friend, Natalie, and they're bonding over music. And Drew plays this one song, Only For You. And Natalie ends up playing the song saying, If you like this certain song by Joni Mitchell, then we are truly soulmates.
2: I That was a cute moment because I remember being in my dorm room and, you know, you do whatever you have to do. You do random things because most... People don't have cable um, in their dorm rooms. (laughs) So, you know, you're sitting around listening to music and it's so cute. And you think that she kind of gets the where he's coming from. But then, you know, at the end of it, he knows the song and then she's like, we're best friends.
0: We're best friends. And I feel bad for Drew because he got so into it and he likes Joni Mitchell. And I feel like most guys might not admit the fact that they like Joni Mitchell because people might judge them or whatnot. But then they both like the same song. And so Drew goes to Adam and Crosby, being in the music industry and having their own luncheon recording sessions. They'll know more about Joni Mitchell than <laughs> Drew will. And Crosby just says, Oh, man, Joni Mitchell, yeah, you got to know that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically, Joni yeah,
2: gets you laid.
0: Pretty much, or gets you past that friend zone <laughs> that uh, uh, Drew created. She's a panty dropper. At.
2: I get... oh we know how Phil All gets right his then. ladies now yeah
0: <laughs> obviously if you want to get with Phil play Joni Mitchell <laughs> thank you Phil but uh yeah they're saying Joni Mitchell she she's the winner
2: I I didn't think Joni Mitchell but that's interesting yeah I'm not quite sure I mean her songs are just usually so serious and sad well not sad in a sad way but sad in a happy way it's. I it's feel. Weird.
0: I mean, I admit I haven't really listened to Joni Mitchell. I've heard of some of her songs, but from what I know, that most of her songs are kind of, kind of slow and lull, and kind of on the serious side, but has a good message. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Let let us know what's your favorite Joni Mitchell song. I mean,
2: and you know they are in Berkeley, which is a pretty, a pretty like political serious town, or not serious, but I don't want to say hippie, but I mean it's a pretty. Free hippie ish type of town, so <laughs> I feel like a lot of people up there would be listening to Joni Mitchell to and yeah, really getting in touch with their f- feelings and emotions in that way.
0: I could say, and Drew's such a, a sensitive kind of guy that I it's actually understandable that he would like Joni Mitchell, yeah. So he goes and asks, uh. Uh, some help from Adam and Crosby. And then he studies up on Joni Mitchell and goes back to Natalie and actually admits, I just listened to all of Joni Mitchell's songs because you said that you liked this one. And I thought we were going to be awesome together because we like the same <laughs> artist. And she admits that that was the only Joni Mitchell song that she really likes.
2: Yeah, and that she even really knows. So, and it was just from watching a movie, which is yeah. where I, all my Joni Mitchell experience comes from watching the movie Love Actually. So <laughs> that is, <laughs> that is a not... a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie and I'm assuming that's the same movie that Natalie watched and learned about Joni Mitchell.
0: Maybe. And they actually mentioned in the first season when Hattie was watching with her boyfriend love actually and they got all into that but i'm going back to a different character <laughs> and so natalie says oh yeah that's that's the only song i know and drew admits that she, uh, he actually has feelings for her but she didn't doesn't really reciprocate those feelings. okay
2: so how awkward was that because that was it was very awkward it felt like one of those moments when someone in the relationship goes i love you and then the other person's yeah, like, yeah, I mean, high five. Right. I mean, but she didn't even give him a high five. It was just, no, just... well, I know now. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And, Thanks. and then they just went right back to doing what they were doing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I felt so bad for Drew. So bad. Um, I also kind of thought that she was going to say something along the lines of, oh, I thought you were gay. And I thought that's where her mind was going. But instead, she just didn't say anything, really. So I don't know which one's better i think that have. would have been a
0: bigger blow
2: yeah had natalie
0: had said that but then there's obviously nothing wrong with that but yeah. i think the way that they ended that storyline in this episode the fact that she doesn't reciprocate those feelings or so we're led to believe just makes it all the more awkward for drew and we're like
2: oh well maybe
0: it's college go fish for her <laughs> yeah <laughs> more, and i mean you know there are more people out there yeah there's so.
2: a whole campus full of chicks for you drew And, I mean, she never said she wasn't interested, so maybe she just needs to sleep on it for a minute and be like, let me divide my feelings of figure out what I feel. Maybe she has a boyfriend already Um, that doesn't go to Berkeley. Maybe.
0: And Natalie does say the line, "Uh, you're officially my best college friend. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I'm like, oh, just friends. In the friend zone.
2: In the friend zone. True. True. Maybe. One day, Drew, you'll find that girl who's right for you.
0: One day. One day. So I want to take a quick minute to just, uh, thank you everyone on iTunes, rating and commenting. We got a lot of awesome comments. We did. Shout out to all you people. Uh, I have your names listed. Um, I'll read them out later, but thank you so much for rating and commenting. They, they were nice and lovely. We did fight for this podcast and we are here. And I was looking all over itunes i don't see any other parenthood podcast. i
2: haven't found another one either so make sure you're spreading the word and let people know that we're out here and we're doing our thing yeah
0: and tell friends that's how we grow at after buzz and we try try our best to be the best parenthood after show out there so yes keep rating keep commenting and if you're listening on itunes you can also go to youtube and check us out we're in awesome purple shirts today so yeah you can put a you're face with out the on voice
2: that yeah if you go on youtube exactly see our pretty faces
0: oh. uh, <laughs> love it so keep commenting thank you very much and also download adventures of serial buddies fun fun movie maria Menunos, kevin undergaro wrote it and directed it and Artie Lang, beth bears kathleen gifford so many people a bunch of serial buddies on a killing spree having fun <laughs> and i've I think if you like Parenthood, you'll like the quirky humor that's also in Cereal Buddies. So go help that. All those proceeds go back into After Buzz and keeps us doing all these amazing Parenthood podcast shows for you. All right, so let's get into Adam and Crosby. They're at the luncheonette. It's nice to actually, I mean... We've seen the Luncheonette here and there this season so far, but we haven't really spent a lot of time there. Yeah, we and haven't this got... is like the first episode of this season that we actually see a recording session yeah. back at the Luncheonette. And I believe there was the All-American Rejects. Yes.
2: In the studio. In the studio. Um, we had Tyson Ritter, their lead singer, playing the the crazy diva... Yeah. Wild rock and roll boy Oliver Rome. He was having quite the diva dance. <laughs> he was having quite, I don't know if it was diva or drugs or both, but. Or it I
0: believe was awesome. there were words in it, and I quote there words
2: douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I do have douchebag written yeah, all over my notes. <laughs> just... um,
0: that, that's what they said. But uh, yeah, he was kind of acting up a little bit. I don't know, but uh, hopefully that was all for show. I'm sure he was not yeah. like that in real life. I've never but... heard
2: any bad complaints about those guys. Not
0: it's nice to see them still around. Singing, I like that they so.
2: yeah, I like that they use real artists, you know, to get them in the studio and get them kind of out of their element, you know, they get to act a little and they get to have some fun and you get to I mean, it's how you get introduced to new music because, you know, there's people out there who have never heard of the All-American Rejects or never listened to their stuff, but mm-hmm. after seeing them in tonight's episode Will then go maybe look into them and maybe find a song of theirs that they like and boom you have a new fan.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so they're having the recording session. He's having a diva moment, and their their manager of the label yeah ends up dropping them. And but that affects Adam and Crosby and they're like, uh, we just lost business, we lost money. Adam sees it from the business financial side be like, yo, we're we're trying to run a campaign as well and we're losing business. I have a family to support. And I, I liked how there was the two different perspectives. Adam has three kids and the, there was the line, uh life's expensive which it is. Yeah. It really is. Oh and my gosh, they
2: don't teach you that.
0: No, it's Very don't. expensive. And Adam does point out that Crosby has a newborn baby. He doesn't realize how much kids will eventually... Yeah,
2: Crosby's whole thing is, I have a newborn, life's too short to have to deal with douchebags like that. Exactly. Um, Which I understand, too. You know, sometimes people are just so rude and evil, and it's like you don't need that sort of energy entering your life, and I can understand why he doesn't want that, but at the end of the day, sadly, we live in a world where you still have to pay your bills and have to be able to keep the lights on for your newborn baby.
0: Yeah, Um, and they did... um treat the uh, i kind of get it now a little bit the the title in dreams begins responsibilities their dream is to run the luncheonette and now start a new record label
2: responsibility
0: responsibility and they realize that yeah you're gonna have to deal with some douchebag
2: peoples sorry for that
0: term but that's what they call it and you're gonna have to deal with people you don't like in order to get
2: where you want to get. Yeah, and I mean the music business is kind of a shady business sometimes, you know, there's all these um, backdoor deals and people trying to swindle you out of money and then you know, you have the declining sales of actual albums and everything's going digital so the record label, you know like we saw with Mr. Ray, you know, he does his own stuff. Everything he does comes out of his own shop and a lot of people are doing that more so it's also a dying industry. So, I mean the fact that they're willing to take on another challenge you know they just got the luncheon up up and running, up and running. successfully and now they're going to add on another layer to that that takes a lot of cojones
0: oh yeah definitely and i just kept thinking throughout this whole thing that adam wants to start this whole new business they want to sign all american rejects to their label they, they want to record it produce it distribute it i'm just thinking all this money how, how is christina gonna <laughs> feel about it and let li- And we'll get into Christina a little bit, but... uh, Well, we'll get into her now. Yeah. But um, Christina, her campaign, she needs money. And she has to, you know, go out to people and kind of pretty much beg for money now.
2: Which is always... It's always awkward to have to ask people for money. I didn't even like going door to door selling candy bars as a kid. And when you're a kid, oh, no. at least you have that cute factor going on where people are like, oh, you're so adorable. And you say dollar, dollar. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they still pay you a dollar for your candy bar. But as a grown adult, it's even tougher. And I can't imagine having to do all those cold calls. She talked about how she uh, talked to that retired teacher and she's like, oh, I'll give you everything I've got saved up. And it was $25. $25. It's like, those are nice donations. Those are the donations that, you know, come from real people. But it's not going to keep your campaign going. No,
0: $25 will hardly pay for lunch. (laughs) Especially (laughs) with all the
2: the interns they seem to have now working in the house. I know. I hope they're interns because they're not getting paid. So, Heather,
0: her awesome project... Coordinator, right now she campaign
2: manager. Campaign
0: manager, are <laughs> <We're laughs> you struggling go. for that word? <laughs> There's that word. Thank you so much. That's why you're here. The campaign manager, Heather, she sets Christina up with a meeting with a developer named Harry Lerner, and so they're at this meeting trying to discreetly ask how to ask for money. Christina says she's running her platform on education and education reform and make school uh, better in Berkeley and we find out that before they kind of get into that that Harry because he's a developer he's building all these buildings and he co- he's coming from his angle saying I'm building jobs can over 100 plus construction jobs I'm building funding money back into the economy mm-hmm. with all these new buildings which is obviously kind of the kind of the opposite of what Christina is doing with her campaign
2: yeah and his platform is all you know his downtown loves hers is all education she keeps trying to steer the the conversation that way. but I know that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks our feelings about Heather mm-hmm. and you know if she's just a bossy good person or a bossy bad person, how did you feel about their meeting because she told Christina before they got there we're not gonna promise him anything we're gonna be very evasive and go around skirt around the questions and then she flat out tells christina yeah we stand behind you don't we christina in the middle Uh, of their meeting
0: i feel like heather's been she's done enough business to know how to play people a little bit and get them to get just to get them to sit down and try to listen to you any way possible like if you say you're gonna do this if it'll get your attention, she'll do it. But then she might be the kind of person who'll go back on her word.
2: Yeah, I just don't know. I was like, that's kind of really it was a not cool. Shady. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of shady. You shouldn't have told her that, and then I mean, completely threw her under the bus, made her, forced her to answer the straight up question of, do you, su- will you support him mm-hmm. if you're elected? When that's the one thing they agreed they would not talk about
0: like absolutely and be like uh didn't you just say five minutes ago we're not gonna promise anything yeah
2: i i was not i was not okay with how they're doing that No,
0: but i do got to give heather props for setting up such a meeting with a big name developer he's a millionaire you kind of do have to hit up the people who have finances even if they're against against what you're going for or not exactly doing the thing what you want but you gotta, you know, beggars can't be choosers, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but, I mean,
2: running your campaign, and then, I mean, people know where your campaign money comes from. Like, Christina, you know, when she was debating if she should cast a check or not, she was like, people are gonna know that my campaign was funded by this guy, and so they're gonna know that I, I'm i in his pocket, I owe him something. Yeah. And so, that's the other thing. It's great that you got this meeting, but the repercussions of getting it means so much. It's It's not worth it
0: yeah and Christina knows that good good yeah. on her to know she she had that bad feeling and it wasn't right, and it was kind of like selling your soul to the devil and christina she has that strong head on her shoulders, she has morals and she's all for education reform. she knows that's that's against what she wants. Mm-hmm. and that's when I mean, people realize that the lengths you went through and if you go to someone that you're not for. What, what was the point in supporting that person, yeah. supporting that? And so Christina turns it down. Uh, it was a $20,000 check that they did actually get, but Christina turns it down. Yeah. And good on her.
2: Good on her, but, who and big on her, because $20,000, is a lot of money. That's too. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And
0: when you're in a position where you really do need money, and you know if you don't have money, you're going to have to eventually just drop the campaign and back out, She she's not gonna have that happen yeah and she's gonna find out a way to get another money i mean uh, she's gonna find donors
2: to like max like you max, know that was such a <laughs> sweet mean...
0: moment when max goes up at the to her at near the end of the episode and he, he, he's so straightforward and i just love how he says it He's like dad said that you're upset so we shouldn't <laughs> talk about this and, and uh but it was nice to see that even though max may not fully comprehend it, mm-hmm. but he, he the son, even supports Christina yeah. along with Adam, and Adam really helps out in a big way. Because Christina turned down this $20,000 check from Harry Lerner, he goes to Mr. Ray. Mr. Ray. Adam goes to Mr. Ray, a former client at the Luncheonette. They had recording sessions there, and now uh, Mr. Ray's a big-time uh, music artist mm-hmm. and very successful and he goes to him, tries to ask for um, su- financial support for Christina's campaign. And the first time he goes, he doesn't really <laughs> get it across because Adam goes in very intimidated. And he's like, This is not the guy you really ask about you know
2: yeah it's it goes back to that whole thing where you know asking people for money is so awkward and so and you have to have that i mean not everyone has heather's mentality of you know i don't take no for an answer and i'm gonna get the money that we need most people are like us and like adam who are who are just going in there man this is awkward how do i bring it up oh i forgot to ask how he is and now he's intimidating me Right, and, right.
0: and there there is professional tact in how you you're supposed mm-hmm. to ask for a, such a big amount of money And it's someone that. who he hasn't
2: talked to since he <laughs> did yeah, his like, stuff at the luncheonette. So it's, first of all, you're popping up out of the blue, and yeah. the first kinda thing you want from this person is money. Money,
0: yeah. And he's kind of asking out of a favor now, because he, Mr. Ray is successful, and mm-hmm. Adam and the luncheonette are a reason why he's successful. Yeah. So he's kind of asking and banking on the favor in return. And and I I thought it was interesting how Mr Ray was like when spoke in the third person. Well, you're not going to ask Mr Ray how he's doing. <laughs>
2: what what? I'm like, oh, Adam, you're supposed to say hi. How are yeah. You doing first. He he was just so focused. He wanted to get to his index cards with his whole speech written out. Those index cards. But I'm do- I was- I agree.
0: Like I admit, I would do the exact same <laughs> thing. I'd be, I'd have it all prepared out.
2: In your head and everything. But I was glad that he did go back when he saw, you know, Christina kind of going back and forth between does she take the money from Harry Lerner or does she not? But did he ever tell her that he got the money? Because we never saw him. We never saw that near the end. he was putting up signs with, like, her picture on it and stuff. So I was just – I was wondering. I thought maybe he was putting them in in their front yard and was going to let her walk out and see. Right. But we never – Got that. So I assume he told her. Yeah, about. I
0: think eventually he told. Her. But it it was nice that Adam sold Christina on the education platform, and we found out that Mr. Ray has a child as well. And be like, yes, I completely agree with you. The schools in Ber- Berkeley, the education needs to be better, and mm-hmm. I will fully support you. He just hands out this like <sighs> the wad, wad of, of cash, cash that's so happy. was like, to be oh, in it's only
2: pocket. it's only twenty it's only Gs. 20-30. Like, let me count this out. What? I literally have that hanging around in my Who pocket. Who just has that in their pocket? Um, And then he calls for his son to bring him his checkbook. So was, I got nervous. I was like, oh, man, they're going to have to take Mr. Ray out to the bank to <laughs> open up a checking account so he could have some checks to write a check for her. But uh, yeah. And
0: that was that was actually really nice to see that Mr. Ray cut. Because- Honestly, he when they were selling him that he was an intimidating guy, he's not the guy to mm-hmm. ask for this kind of thing. And then when they say that he's all for education, he has the son. I love that. I loved how they brought that into.
2: Yeah, it shows the softer side because most people assume that most rappers, you know, they're all street and thugs and you know, they're scary people who don't care about education. But when you think about it, a lot of them have a better vocabulary than me. <laughs> because, I mean, I can't rhyme off the top of my head like they do and, you know, all their alliterations and stuff like that. I'm... Yeah,
0: and there was even a line where there, there's the street full of shady people. And he's mm-hmm. like, if Christ- if you fully believe in Christina, that she will beat this and mend the campaign, can you take care of this problem that we're also having? So he's also about cleaning up the community yeah. too. So not just about education, but his heart's in the right place. Yeah,
2: he just has this sort of image, I guess, to a polder. Or he's just having fun with the white boy. That's what it comes down to. Sometimes I think he was just having a little fun with the white boy, too.
0: Yeah, and Adam finally... And I love how Adam finally admits he does truly support Christina. Yeah. Even though he hasn't really shown it in the proper way. But this episode, he's selling people and he's selling Christina. And this time, I think he really, really does mean it.
2: Now I truly believe that he is backing her. I've been waiting for this because, you know, he's been very quiet about the whole thing. But now he's really sticking up for her. And, you know, he went back to Mr. Ray. So that's great to see that he's finally verbally and, like, physically on board with her.
0: Yeah. And so Adam and Max both officially support christina and i think this should be the last financial problem they're having that they've been having a, some financial setbacks but i think that's finally cleared you
2: don't think with a new record label that might cause some financial
0: I, grief we'll get into pretty of <laughs> that but yes that's a whole nother story so uh let's get into sarah and amber so we, we actually started off the episode, they're they're kind of in this lake location outdoors, <laughs> and Amber and Ryan, they're like, this is where we want to get married, and Sarah's just freaking out, like, huh, spider, love bugs, <laughs> and I just had a flashback, back to Lorelai Gilmore, freaking out about a spider in the kitchen, I admit... I'm the exact same way. Um, that was so funny.
2: I'm the same way just in nature in general. But
0: <laughs> Well, I don't mind bugs, like but spiders. Oh, no. That's what, okay, I digress. But uh, <laughs> they're out at a location. It's not, according to Sarah, it's not the most ideal location. Not really where...
2: It's a hike to to get up up because, you know, you have to think about Zeke and Camille getting up there. You have to think about all your guests, you know, make sure they wear flats because they're going to be hiking Mm -hmm. to get up there. But, I mean, it's a beautiful spot. And, honestly, if this is where they bring you to and say this is where we want to get married, the only thing that should come out of your mouth, Sarah, is what do you need me to do?
0: Yeah, and But Sarah's not like that. She's no. like, this is such a small location. Are you sure? What about Ryan's family? Are, is everyone going to mm-hmm. fit? And then, so Sarah cre- questions uh, Amber and Ryan's back background and his family. Like, where is, uh, who's going to support Ryan at this wedding? Who's going to be there? <laughs> his military buddies. His military buddies. They <laughs> were going to be groomsmen. But we also find out that Ryan's mother can't be there.
2: Yeah. That he does not get along with his stepfather.
0: And nope. And then we also find out that Ryan's biological father has passed away. We don't know how, but he's gone too. So that's even less amount of Ryan's family that's mm-hmm. going to be there. And <laughs> Sarah's really like, uh, I want to meet his family. And Amber's the same way. Amber's like, well, if I don't know your family, but you know all of mine, that... The That's not really fair. Or, like, why isn't Ryan's family there?
2: I get that. She's questioning that. Yeah, she's starting to question it, but she's also starting to let Sarah get in her head about it. Because I feel, if she had concerns about it, she's never brought them up to Ryan. But because Sarah's bringing them up, you know, then mom gets in your head and then you go to him for more questions and more wanting more answers and it's just something i know that they're getting married so she should know everything but we know ryan has some issues and that his family situation hasn't been ideal so maybe don't hound him for answers maybe just come in you know softly try to ease more and more out of him like a little snippet a day you know it's like but now we know that his father was is dead and clearly he has some feelings about that so maybe we'll get to dive into more of what exactly happened there Mm -hmm. because I don't know
0: yeah and Amber tries to slowly question him about his background his family like well how come they're not going to be there you know and she's she's slowly prying at Mm -hmm. him and I honestly thought it was going to be a way bigger fight than what that actually ended up being with her and Ryan like I don't know I just pictured a whole bigger fight
2: Yeah. I mean, it could have gone either way.
0: It could have gone. But thankfully, Ryan was like, I just don't have family and we'll just leave it at that.
2: Yeah. In their past, I think that that would have been a bigger fight. But where they are now, I think that that's why it wasn't a huge fight. She dropped it. Yeah. And let him kind of be angry and get over it, too. And so, you know, she... Realized that she was poking at the bear and the bear was about to get angry so she pulled back whereas in the past she would have kept poking and then he would have exploded and taken her car and crashed it it.
0: but that and that is true and I think because Amber and Ryan they're in such a good place right now like all they really do need is each other Mm -hmm. despite not having your whole all your friends and family there you really just need each other yeah and that's um, I thought that was sweet how they ended it I'm glad they didn't fight but, but Sarah and Amber. Sarah's still, still poking at that bear. She, <laughs> of course, she's talking to Amber and and questioning, you know, Ryan's family, and they kind of go at it. Amber's like, "I'm not you. Ryan's not dead, and we know." But Sarah's past. She hasn't had the the best men in her life, and Sarah's coming from a good. Good point. She's come. She's had experience. She's had a heartbreak. And she just doesn't want Amber to go through the exact same things. Because they are so similar. They're so alike. They are so alike.
2: And I get that a mom wants to protect her daughter from making the same mistakes. But sometimes you have to... Your child has to make those mistakes to realize that they're mistakes. So at some point you have to kind of step back and let her make her own decisions. Because just like you made your mistakes in life, you know, your parents let you choose all these things or you know whatever your relationship was with them and she now has to she's told amber all these things she's explained them she showed them to her and if amber still doesn't want to see her way then you have to just step back and let it happen
0: yeah
2: as hard as it is to watch someone go down the wrong path if you think they're going down the wrong path i'm not saying amber's going down the wrong path
0: no no <laughs> and sarah's just worried that she is going
2: but and it goes back she's to, not i mean one thing though I mean, I always tell people and my mom has always put in my head, when you're going through bad times in your relationship and you break up, be careful about what exactly you explain to people because Amber went to her mom crying about, you know, how Ryan, how she was always going to have to take care of him, you know, when he drove off with her car and they were breaking up and they, she went to her with so much that now that's all that Sarah can think about. That's how Sarah sees him now. And so when you're going through a kind of rough patch in your relationship, unless you know for reals, reals that it's over, mm-hmm. just be careful because then your friends are just thinking of all the horrible things you just said about this person that now you want to spend the rest of your life with.
0: Exactly. So
2: you have to just be very mindful about those things because now that's how Sarah sees him as this guy who broke her daughter's heart and is crashed, covered, her, car. crashed her car. and
0: We don't know his family. He's had PS- PTSD problems. Mm-hmm. And, but I get why Sarah's questioning that. And also, when Ryan said the line, just nonchalantly said, oh, my father's dead, it, it made me question, like, how well does Amber really know
2: mm-hmm. Ryan? Well, because Ryan always says that I mean, his I, dad's I know not he's around. a
0: secretive person, and he doesn't really like to talk, but how, really, how much does she know about Ryan? He's only been in the picture for a year, yeah. a year and a half.
2: She doesn't I'm not sure how well she knows him, but he is misleading with the way that he always says that his dad isn't around. Mm-hmm. That makes it seem like your dad left you when you were young and you know it was just you and your mom or something, not that he left you as in he is six buried 6 feet under and no longer walking the earth.
0: Mhm, yeah. So, I sure.
2: mean, it's you know, it's his choice in words in that moment, but honestly, it is i mean how much does she know she doesn't even know that hopefully they'll know does she know his mother's first name that's a good sign You should always
0: know i don't think we even know the
2: mother's first name i want to meet the mom that's more i just
0: want to meet ryan's whole family (laughs) but amber does make a choice to sarah and says we are getting at married at the lake and i hope you um accept that and i hope you're still invited I'm glad mm-hmm. that Sarah's still invited to the wedding. Yeah. She's still invited, but is she going to show up? I think she, she will. will. She has yeah. to.
2: I, wanna, I, I, mean... I
0: loved how Sarah was trying to sell the house, be like, oh, <laughs> this is another perfect
2: location. The lights work, the bathrooms work, <laughs> it's cheap. But they can have deluxe porta potties. Yes. <laughs> in the wilderness <laughs> for their wedding.
0: Yeah. I
2: <laughs> that was pretty deluxe portabodies. potties. I think that means it comes with the little washing hand station.
0: Oh, that's I mean,
2: true. come on.
0: I mean, I don't spend much time outside, <laughs>
2: but yes, deluxe. I mean, how
0: can you turn that down?
2: It's like every girl's dream for their wedding.
0: I uh, yeah. It, well, it's Amber's dream, and in dreams begins responsibility. <laughs> there we go. I brought it back. All right. So they're getting married at the uh, at the lake. And I think Amber's going, going to be really happy there. And Sarah's not going to, not show up at the wedding. That was double negative. She is going to go to the wedding despite she might question Ryan. So, yes. Uh, anything more on that? No. That? I think. All right. So let's go into the kids, Victor and Sydney, Ju- Julia and Joel's. Because we didn't really see much of Joel in this episode. I don't Sadly, know. no. We did no. not. But uh, Victor and Sydney, they're having the typical uh, sibling fights, uh, cleaning. <laughs> and I don't know. Sydney and Victor just reminds me and my brother. When I grew up, just fighting over little petty things. It's so brother-sister. It
2: is a very... It's good to see them having that brother-sister relationship because for so long it wasn't there. And, you know, Victor was, like, throwing bats Bats through a window. You know, I mean... So it's good that he stopped throwing bats and instead is just, you know, spraying spraying Windex on her. (laughs) Because that's less harmful.
0: (laughs) But uh, they're they're having problems getting along over little chores. And so Julie has the great idea being, hey, you think these chores are bad? I'm going to take you to my father and he's going to give you the same chores that I have when I grew up. (laughs) I think that was a brilliant idea. That was brilliant. Zeke come to the rescue and puts them in their place and has them clean mechanical parts.
2: And I think it's so great when parents do this because, you know, you're exhausted. You can't think of any other way to get them to get along, so you kind of take them to the grandparents who are Supposed to be the fun, relaxed, you know, you Uh go over to grandma and grandpa's house because you don't want to be around your parents and they just let you do whatever and eat cookies for breakfast. Nope. Not with Zeke. Yeah, not with Zeke, though, but he does it in such a great way where it's work, but then it also kind of turns into fun fun. for at least Victor, you know, because working on a car as a kid, I wouldn't have wanted to do it, Mm -hmm. but I also wouldn't have seen it as a chore. I don't think
0: and Zeke did make it serious. I loved how when Julie dropped them off, he was like, "I'll see you at 1700. So <laughs> military-like and in order. And I'm like, five o'clock. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you I'll figure, figure that out. <laughs> army time. So, uh so I loved how Zeke came in with that that stern military mm-hmm. kind of mentality towards these kids, being like, "Nope, you're gonna do this." And I loved how Victor was cleaning that mechanical part with a toothbrush. Yes, I was like, that's really nitty gritty <laughs> cleaning. Like, I don't, I can't remember the last thing I cleaned with the toothbrush other than my teeth. Yeah, but, no, um, I don't. And, but we see Victor actually kind of enjoys it, and Sydney's miserable. This is not her, that's not her cup of tea, but Victor
2: likes it. Victor does like it, and this is, this might sound horrible, um, but I can say it. Um, is it stereotypical for them to make Victor into fixing cars because he's Hispanic?
0: Oh, that is that is terrible. <laughs> I'm, no, I never I thought mean, of that.
2: that's not their intent at all, but when I was watching it, that thought just kind of waved through my mind for a brief second. I was like, oh, man, I mean, how stereotypical to have the Hispanic kid into fixing cars. <laughs> no,
0: I thought of it more as because Victor's not the greatest reader, he'd be better hands-on. The kinetic, yeah. uh, kinesthetic type, uh, he likes learning in that way, even though he might not be the best reader. And we find that out, he's trying to read the manual, and he's, um, unfortunately, he's still that slow reading and we find out that they, he's falling back even more so from last week's episode. Mm-hmm. And Sydney, just being the little, little brat, brat being like, ugh, no, you're taking too long. We're gonna let be here read, forever. Let me read this manual. And Victor, just, such a poor kid, just yeah. like,
2: oh, so hurt. You can see his spirits just kind of crushed, because he's finally kind of getting it and he was getting, having fun he's having a great you know grandpa grandson moment you know we don't get a lot of those with victor and zeke you know he's still new to the family so he was just having such a great moment and then sydney just had to come and ruin it ruin it
0: and i gotta admit i was like that with my brother <laughs> and i feel like every you were a sydney yeah Ew. With my brother, okay. I feel like every episode, I'm just revealing more and more about myself. At the end of this season, you're gonna know everything about me and my family. But my brother, I'm gonna kind of throw him under the bus a little bit. He wasn't the fastest reader, but I kind of was, and I did the exact same thing to him. So oh, I see. I admit it. I admit it. You're but such a Sydney. I see where Sydney comes from.
2: Oh, I hate Sydneys.
0: <laughs> well I'm not a Sydney anymore. I'll just say that I grew up and I became nice, at least I think so but and but Zeke sees that Victor's struggling, and he talks to Julia about this concern, and so he in, he gets I isolates Victor and be like, I can understand you seem like you're actually interested in mechanics. Your aunt Sarah was the best mechanic and mm-hmm. she was a female, and look at you. I mean you can do it. If she can do it, you can do it. And I love the way how he cleverly has Victor read. Not really pointing it out like, oh, you're such a slow reader, Mm -hmm. but this is how I'm going to actually help you help yourself. Yeah, and he's helping
2: Julia and Joel because, you know, they've been struggling. She's working with him every day. And I know last week we talked about the fact how Julia and Joel didn't go to Zeke and Camille for advice on what to do or to help out. And that's. Where my mind instantly thought, oh, they should go talk to Zeke. He'll have an answer. He'll have a way to figure this out. And having Victor read a, a manual, manual, instruction manual. There's Victor's, a lot of big words in the yeah, manual. Yeah, Victor's going to be, a, like, past his grade level reading. He's going to pass all the kids because the words you find in there, he's never going to see in his classroom.
0: And the great thing about manuals is that they're so hands-on. Mm-hmm. There's pictures. There's visuals. They, they teach you step-by-step processes. And hopefully that'll help Victor enhance his learning ability and how to dissect things and figure things out for himself. Yeah. It was such a clever way of Zeke uh, exploiting this kind of love that Victor could develop towards building um, fixing things mm-hmm. and help and like put that and make, make it constructive and help him learn how to read. Zeke is amazing. That was he's, brilliant.
2: He's brilliant. He's he's so great. I mean, yeah, I can't even speak right now because I just think <laughs> that was so I'm just thinking that if I I love my grandparents and I would gladly add Zeke into my arsenal of grandparents if he were a real life character like in life.
0: That was brilliant. So good on Zeke, and hopefully Victor will. Get better at learning. I, I hope we see his progression. Yes. So uh, is that everything? Yeah. Cover everything. All right. Let's get into a little bit of news and gossip.
1: After Buzz yeah. TV News.
0: So I watched Lauren Graham on the Jay Leno show oh, do last tell. week. Detail. Um, she. Uh, I love whenever she appears on talk shows. It's always fun, and she. So she talks about. Her beef with Chris Matthews, Mm -hmm. the uh, news reporter, Mm -hmm. I guess he's really into politics and whatnot because, and I actually remember this, she she still kind of has a little grudge against him for their Jeopardy match that they had years ago (laughs) that Chris Matthews kept and they were both on Jeopardy. And Chris Matthews kept shouting the answers out before he buzzed in, <laughs> <laughs> and but they would still give the points and the money to Chris Matthews. Oh no, that's not fair! And Lauren was probably buzzing <laughs> in, and I I remember that because um, I actually watched that one, and I just remember Lauren Graham just got all these questions about desserts correct. That was so funny, <laughs> but so because uh, Chris Matthews was also on uh, the same episode the tonight show oh, okay. with so they brought that up it was a little fun fun little thing that they had there and then she also talked about her father being inducted into the candy hall of fame <laughs>
2: explains why she got all those desserts right (laughs) (laughs) that is true that is
0: true because her father was the the president of the confectionery of candy and whatnot oh wow yeah so um actually i watch a lot of lauren graham interviews and i feel like she has the same stories over and over again yeah but they're still fun to listen to and her father's legit getting inducted into the candy hall of fame so that's what she's doing the past weekend apparently so and then uh, I know Danica sent us pictures of set pictures but unfortunately we're gonna show them next week and so she can go over that because she she's our Eyes and ears on the actual Parenthood set. I'm so envious of her. She gets to hang out there every single day like it's her second home.
2: Yeah, she probably sits in the Braverman living room and just- She like, has
0: lunch hey. at the Luncheonette. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, mean, I mean, you can't go wrong there. That's awesome.
2: Gosh, what an awesome job. I know, right, right.
0: <laughs> so, uh, she'll explain more on those pictures next week when she comes back. So, that's it for news. That was fun. Uh, let's go into predictions.
1: And now, you're after Buzz TV.
2: Alright, T, what do you think is gonna happen? I'm not sure that I know what's gonna happen. I have questions about what's gonna happen. Okay. Um, such as for Amber's wedding, she mentioned that, you know, having her dad there, you know, regardless of their differences and their past, um, discussions, that him not being there would be, you know, sad on her part. But, so sad, is she gonna have him walk her down the aisle or will she have Zeke? walk her down the aisle.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking, will we see,
2: uh... I can't even think of his Cor- name. C-
0: what's... Oh my gosh, Corbin? Corbin.
2: Oh, the actor's the, the, name? The, the actor's name. He does the voice. Walgreens commercials. Yeah, <laughs> um, He's the voice of Walgreens. I can't believe I'm
0: complete... John Corbin. John Corbin, Boom. that's it. Okay, John Corbin, who plays the dad uh, of Amber and Jew. I wonder if he's gonna come back. I, I hope he time.
2: does, but... I don't know. I I want to know if he's gonna actually come to the wedding. If he's gonna walk her down the aisle. Um, if he's gonna open up a can of worms. With yeah, with Sarah. With Sarah. Because
0: um, I read that uh, Sarah's obnoxious neighbor,
2: mm-hmm. what's his name,
0: Carl, that they're gonna have a little love, flirting, interest there. Oh, so who's Sarah gonna bring to the wedding? Who knows? Um, you know. And I think. I just want to hope that someone from Ryan's f- past, his friends, his family, is going to show up for him.
2: Oh, yeah. I feel like there's going to be a wedding crasher because how do you not invite your family? Once his family, regardless of their past history, once they find out that he's getting that he got married without having any of them there, I mm-hmm. think will be an issue. So if they don't make it to the actual wedding, then they might be showing up shortly after.
0: Yeah, that's To
2: cause a little drama.
0: Or his military friends can come and crash it. That'd be fun to see.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, what do you think of uh, Adam and starting this whole new label? What do you think Christina's going to react to? Like, how is she going to react?
2: Christina will be supportive like she always is. Getting this band back together, do we really want... (laughs) Did he make the right choice in choosing the band with the lead singer who is not all there all the time
0: and crosby did point out that they still technically belong to the other label yeah that even the though they're we dropped legal issues they sign contracts and whatnot so i i like to see how this is all gonna go down because crosby really knows more about the music industry than adam does he knows bu- business adam knows business aspects but crosby knows how the music business actually runs. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, lots to see for next week. Uh, Tiana, where can we find
2: you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Tiana Hobson. And what other shows do you do? Oh, you can also catch me on Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Parenthood, which is this one, Castle, and... Is that it? And everything under (laughs) the sun. (laughs) And just randomly, I'll pop up
0: on other shows. Just like, hey. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at SerafiniTV. You can follow all of us here at AfterBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any social media platforms at AfterBuzzTV. Please keep rating and commenting on iTunes. Yes. And go check us out on YouTube because we're wearing awesome purple shirts and... You'll, be bad. You'll feel bad that you missed us. So <laughs> go and do that and tell a friend. Thank you, Phil, for engineering. We will see you next week.
1: From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network.